You know, when we, uh, one of the things that I used to hear a lot when I first started out in ministry is that people got tired of preachers always asking for money. And um, I don't know how many churches you visited of late, but I don't hear preachers talking about money very much. And, uh, and I don't do it a lot, but money is discussed a great deal in the Scripture. And in fact, how you handle money and how you relate to your money uh, is a marker of your own spirituality. And it says something about Scripture, how we relate to our money is a spiritual matter, not just a practical and physical matter. When you go to work, uh, or whatever member of your family goes out to a job, a workplace, where they pay you for services rendered, uh, the hours that you work, uh, that money represents part of your life. When you spend eight hours on a job in a day, or 10 or 12, or whatever, however many hours you spend on a job, and someone pays you for that, that's eight, 10, 12 hours of your life that was spent doing that job. And so those dollars represent part of your life. And when you give those dollars to a church or a charity or to a family member or to a grocery store, whatever the case may be, you're giving that life investment to someone else. And so when we talk about offerings at church and we talk about you bringing your tithe or your offering, um, we are recognizing that that is truly part of your life that's represented through that gift. And so how are we supposed to give? Well, I should recognize that that is something very much a part of me when I give it. It is a sacrifice. It is a gift on my part. Um, in the New Testament, there's a, a word about this in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. And, um, and before I read that verse, uh, how many of y'all, anybody here ever watch A Price is Right? I haven't watched it in years. I used to watch it when I stayed home sick years ago. They, uh, they rebooted that show in 1972. It originally started, you know, in the 1950s. And, um, but it's been running continuously since 1972. And one of the things that, that defined that game show was how excited the contestants would be when they would get called down to the front. You know, Mike Ship, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. And they would all cheer, uh, you know, and get excited. Uh, what you don't know is that the people um, that they would, they had the excited throughout the show. If they stood around like this and they just looked bored, they wouldn't get picked. Gail and I were on a game show years ago. And uh, we actually have a video of that. You will never see it. <laughs> and, um, and it was a show that, that never got syndicated, but it was a local show in Los Angeles. And and um, we were got on that show, and they coached us as contestants. They said, now, when you go up there, you've got to be excited, you know, and act thrilled. Well, I don't get excited about game shows. In fact, when we got put on that game show, Gail had gotten me into that. I had never even watched the show when I walked onto the stage as a contestant. And uh, so that's how engaged I was. But I acted excited as much as I can emote about a game show. And, um, and so we think that's silly, and they don't care if you're real or not. They just want it to look exciting in order to help their ratings. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says, 
Paul says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And if you ever heard a sermon on that verse, you know that word cheerful is a Greek word, hilarion, and we get the word hilarious from it. God loves a hilarious giver. And so while the game show people, they want people who act like they're having a good time, God really wants you and I to have a good time when we give. And whether we're giving money, time, or any other aspect of our life, he wants us to do it with joy. Tonight, I want to give you some reasons that as we consider this budget and vote on it, to be invested in it as a member of this church, and I want to give you some reasons to be joyful, to be cheerful about it. Because just as when you give those dollars, they represent your life, uh, where you invest them also impacts the lives of others. And so we have some folks down here who have graciously volunteered to be interviewed, briefly interviewed, each one. And I have some, some questions uh, I'm going to pose to each one. And as I bring that person up, we have a, a screenshot that Mike helped prepare of where this person's life and what they're sharing intersects our budget, okay? I did warn them, if I get the questions mixed up, just to wave their question at me and we'll get it right, okay? So Lathan Barnett, would you join me here at the front for just a moment? Lathan, this past summer, served as a student intern uh, with our student ministry and for this past summer, for the first time. He has also agreed, is that right, to come back next year? It is. It is. So, Mike's excited that you're coming back. That's because, that's because you washed his car when he asked you to. And you don't. Okay, all right. Lathan, here's, here's a question I have for you. How did serving as a student intern impact your life? When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about all the things that I did for the first time this past summer, and three things came to mind. First of all, I went on my first mission trip to uh, Spokane, Washington. Zach, some of y'all might know him. And that was a big experience to me. One, because I haven't been out of Arkansas a lot in my life. Two, it was far northern place, very different culture from here, very different learning experience, not only for me, but for a lot of the students with us. And getting to be in that atmosphere, seeing a place that is mostly lost, mostly nobody knows God there, nobody thinks about Jesus there, that was a big impact on me because it was kind of one of those out of your comfort zone moments. It was one of those, man, I don't realize how good I have it sometimes, having grown up in church, having known about Jesus for a, a big portion of my life. Say so the second first, that's confusing, the second first that I have was, uh, did my first sermon right up here, and uh, whether you think I'm awkward or not, you probably do, maybe you enjoy that, I don't know. I enjoyed it, it's been a learning experience for me, getting to prepare with Dustin for that, getting to learn more about the topic that I was teaching, learning more about public speaking, which is something I've always struggled with in my life, that was a big impact on me. And then the third first was being, a, I don't know, an official leader in the youth ministry. I'd always kind of made an effort while I was in the actual youth ministry to 
be a leader to the students around me, but being able to actually be in that leadership position and not only get to help the students, but to get to see them grow along with me, because it is a growing experience for both sides of that, that was also a big impact on me. Very good. Thank you, Lathan. You can take your seat. He, uh, now, on the screen, as you look up there, well, boy, that's, if you look at your, your pie chart, the cover sheet with the pie chart, and if you look down, um, about mm, a little below the middle, it says student ministry. You see that? And over to the right side under the 2017 budget, this current year, you see the number $18,150. That's what was budgeted for this current church year. Next year, that number is just a little bit higher, uh, just by a few hundred dollars. But I want you to think for just a moment, that money budgeted last year, you voted to spend that money on that ministry. Part of the impact of that spending was on Lathan Barnett's life. Without that investment, we would not have had an intern named Lathan Barnett. And, um, and so that investment has affected not only the lives of students, but it has affected his life as well. Um, Jeremy and Crystal Henson, if y'all would join me up here. Um, I have a question for y'all, and y'all can share the mic, or you may have already flipped a coin to see who's going to respond to the question. It was two-headed. It, I got it. You got it, okay. Uh, here, here's the question. Jeremy and Crystal Henson, part of our church family, here's the question. What drew you to Win Baptist Church and what kept you here? So, as far as what drew us here, uh, to give a little bit of backstory to it, I guess, we were pretty comfortable where we were at. Uh, then, kind of, the Lord started convicting us that our kids weren't growing or getting anything out of it, uh, of what we were doing. We were comfortable. They were just sliding along in it and uh, nobody was going anywhere and so uh, under that conviction we started thinking about you know where do we do where do we go and uh, of course the Lord led us here and through that and both boys uh, you know took off pretty rapid and, and got engaged in, in what was going on and, and we're loving it and so then uh, we know what's kept us here is there um, and, and we found out that we didn't really know nearly as much as we thought we did. And uh, we're, we're learning more and more and, and being drawn closer every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You want to add anything, Crystal? Oh, yes, I will. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to, I guess. Um, we do, this is Camden, and I, I'm sure most of you saw him go up a few weeks ago and um, fill in for Brother Mike. And it's just been a blessing to see all that the children's ministry has poured into our little guys. Yes, we do try and do the best we can at home, but it is a tough world our babies go out into every day, and I am so thankful for the ministry here that invests and helps us as parents build them up with the armor to stand firm in their faith, fight against what they face every day, but then also be bold and be able to at 10 years old, take that stage and be proud to serve and share God with others and go be the church. Be the church. <laughs> Thank you so much, the Hensons. Now, as you look at your, your budget, obviously there's a couple of areas where you voted last year, our children's ministry line, 
You'll see that there, that last year we voted in $27,300 in the children's ministry, and, um, and that is the same amount we're voting on this year. Um, I would also say that our Bible study ministry, you fund that ministry, it helps purchase curriculum, uh, helps provide space, our, certainly our buildings are part of that. We have line item associated with our buildings and our utilities. All those things that you voted on in last year's budget became, uh, and, and you invested in through your giving, affected the life of an entire family. And their life would not have been affected in the same way without that investment. And this is real. I think I could probably have impacted your life and your family's life. Um, the next one I want to bring up is River Cooper. River is uh, a neat guy. And um, I'm going to ask him a question now and let him respond to it. River, what difference has the student ministry made in your life? Um, well, one thing is about student ministry is we do a lot of things throughout the year that do cost money, and sometimes they're a little more than others. But the main thing that sticks out to me is uh, student camp in the summer. And wasn't this past year, but the year before, someone in the church paid for my whole trip to the to camp, and that helps. But this year, uh, we went to camp, and it brought me to the Lord, and I, I became saved over this past summer through camp, and it just... The money that the church raises and gives to the students through like fundraisers like the spaghetti tickets and this year we did the breakfast uh, helps take some kids to camps and that could uh, lead them to the Lord because you never know when someone's going to give the right words to a student to get saved and that's really what comes to mind when I think about that. All right, very good. Thank you, River. River Cooper. Again, if you look at your sheet, you'll see the line that says student ministry. And um, on that student ministry line, um, which we've drawn attention to already, there, there is uh, an investment of this year of $18,150. Because you made that investment, lives like rivers, not just rivers, but lives like rivers have been changed not just for a little while, but for eternity. And so I'd say that's a pretty good return on investment. Don't you? Um, Maxine White, would you join me up here, Maxine? And, and um, Maxine was on the platform earlier this morning. She told me it was a long way up those steps. So today, we're just, we're going to talk to her tonight right here on the floor. And um, Maxine did something she never has done before. Uh, just a few weeks ago, she worked at our Harvest Festival. She worked at our Harvest Festival, and so my question for you, Ms. Maxine, is to describe what you saw and experienced at this year's Harvest Festival. Well, when I first looked around, the door had just opened, and here came, I thought the bus had stopped outside. <laughs> it was so many people. I mean, you cannot imagine how excited you talk about the TV program. Hey, these people were, they were there for a reason. We got a jump on the whatever that is, and then we got to get that candy before somebody else gets it. <laughs> and it was my job to give the candy away. And, uh, and one of the nice little girls helped me. We had a good time. 
and she she was kind of like, you know, we kind of did that on our own. But it was really fun. Uh, I know it's been going on several years, but I thought there is no real reason why I cannot do this. And I did. Very good. We praise the Lord, too, for you, Miss Maxine. Thank you so much, Maxine White. And then, of course, that, that is a ministry associated with our children's ministry. And then if you look at that line item in our budget, uh, that directly affects, a li affects the lives of children's. We had registering that we know of, registering that we know of, about 800 people, 850 people registered that night uh, who were participating. And if you were there that evening, you saw a lot of faces that were not Wynn Baptist Church members. And so we, we saw firsthand that a theme that we've been developing all year long, we love Wynn. How many of y'all have heard us talk about we love Wynn? If you were here, Dustin preached on that last month. Uh, we saw some of the fruit of that is the openness and the receptivity of the people coming through from our community uh, was really high that night. And we're so thankful for our volunteers and people like Ms. White who came and, and invested that night in, in um, leaving a very positive uh, thought in the hearts of people that, hey, if I want to know about God and if I'm going to choose a church to go to, I think I'm going to go try that big church which is, by the way, that's our other name in Wynn, Arkansas. It's a big church. You all know that, don't you? Okay. Um, also, I want to uh, ask Keith Watson to join me here. And um, Keith uh, is a principal of our local high school. If you've not met Keith Watson, this is a great night to come by and visit with him. Um, Keith, the question I want to pose to you is this. How has the use of our facilities impacted the high school and the school system this year? or in recent years? Well, some, some things that I know about, there, there probably are, are ways that, that on the basketball teams are using the, the gym sometimes to practice in. Um, I think our football team has used the student room to, as a, just a place to chill on game day, waiting for, uh, for time to play or, or things. And this uh, past August, my high school teachers got to have two days of professional development in our student uh, room, which was a great blessing to us to find a new location just to, for something different. The staff provided uh, some drinks and other uh, information and things for our staff, but they were very appreciative of getting to, getting to be on campus. And I know any time that we have people on campus that may not normally come, it, it, it's gotta help uh, them feel more comfortable about coming and hopefully uh, may run into people and that people have opportunity to meet uh, people maybe they wouldn't normally run into. And so I uh, pray that uh, relationships could be developed through that, those ways, and uh, we're just uh, thankful uh, for that impact that that the, our facilities have had on our school. Okay, thank you, and that's Keith Watson, um, and we appreciate his ministry not only in our church but also in our school system um, as a as a vibrant believer and uh, someone who loves Jesus and who also is invested in our students um, off campus as well as on campus. That, that, you know, sometimes we look at what it takes to take care of our buildings, our utilities, and we think, boy, that just doesn't seem like a lot of ministry involved there. And yet, almost everything we do in this property involves our buildings. And, and we are making, I believe, better use of our facility during the week than many churches do. 
because we do open it up and we do make it available because otherwise it's just sitting there. And so we, we use it when we're asked, when we can accommodate the request, when it's for a non-commercial purpose, we do try to accommodate those requests and, and enable people to use our facility. And so the school system has been particularly blessed and we've had um, other groups from the schools using it, not just the high school. And, um, and we do have our athletic teams that are using it. That is a ministry. Um, I believe that, that that can grow, that we have potential ministry areas that we've not even touched as a church where we could connect with other groups that, that don't know the Lord and who by being here, we take advantage of it, we bless them, we, we give them something to drink, we, we uh, shake their hands, we act as hosts, then that just enables them to be more open. Sometimes we don't see immediate results, but, but I've seen it happen many times over the course of my life where people would come to a church under just generic circumstances, it wasn't particularly a ministry event, but then later in their life, two months later, three months later, five months later, they're having a problem. And they don't know anybody that goes to church. You say, surely everybody in Wynn knows somebody that goes to church. Not so much. And, and they don't know anybody. And they say, you know, though, I went to that church, I went to that big church for that meeting that the school had. I bet you I could find some rejoice in that investment. Last person I want to bring to your attention is Lyndall Staggs. Lyndall, would you come join me, please? And we're going to put you in the spotlight. And usually, usually you don't get to be out where everybody can see you. Now, you, I'm the one asking the questions. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and people are used to hearing your voice. Yeah, they are. But they're not used to getting to see, see your face. Now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I have a question for you. Right. What does the opportunity to lead an adult small group Bible study mean to you? Well, I've been thinking about how I was going to answer that. Uh, I am very humbled, very humbled by it, uh, very inspired. It's just the people that are in my, in my group just inspire me because, the, uh, you know, I, I tell them when they, when they come in for the first time that, you know, God taught me how to ask questions. That's what I do for a living, and that's what I do. And I love to ask questions, and I love to see them answer, and I love to see the faces when they talk about the God they love. It's just such an inspiration. Y'all, I, I see Van shaking his head, and Jason, they know. I mean, it, it, it's inspiring to listen to them. And I'm very humbled by that, just so very humbled. I'm amazed, too, and i tell you why I'm amazed. There was a time in my life when I faced a pretty dark time. And, and frankly, I got mad at God, and I kind of turned from him, but God never gave up on me. He just kept telling me, he said, well, just read your Bible. Don't, don't turn away. And he took me from point A to point B. He is such an amazing God. And I'm also very humbled. And I'll tell you why I'm very humbled, because I get the privilege of getting a Sunday school lesson ready, and God just teaches me so much. My last prayer before I go to church on Sunday is, God, I hope they get what I got out of this lesson because he teaches me. There's no way in the world I can teach them what he teaches me. It's just such an inspiration. I'm so humbled by it. God is such a wonderful God. He's just such a wonderful God. It's, 
it's just a, it's just an honor to be his. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lyndall Staggs is class one of our growing classes here at the church, and it is a blessing to watch them uh, study God's word together. On our on the budget, uh, I'm going to guess that's adult ministry that is circled up there, and um, it is an adult class. Uh, we have adult classes every Sunday morning where, um, where people can come together and study God's Word. I think if you've been here on Sunday nights recently, you know that I'm very passionate about our Bible study groups. I believe that that's where more change can happen in human hearts. More people can come to Christ. It's one of the easiest ways you can be an evangelist is just to get them. And so when you gave to the budget this year, 2017 budget, when you voted on it, you were making an investment in that ministry. And it sustains the ministry of all of our teachers and the materials that they need to teach their classes and the spaces that they use for our campus-based groups. So those are just a few of the ways in which your giving impacts lives day in and day out uh, through Wind Baptist Church. Now, we have, we're going we're gonna to look at this budget in just a few moments, and you'll see that our budget uh, total for this current year it was just about $1.2 million, $1,256,779. Uh, it is, the budget for next year is slightly higher, about $19,000 higher, and it's going to be $1,276,323. Um, I can't, I can't even think in those, those numbers, um, but it's not a huge increase. It's essentially fairly a flat budget, and we're going to be voting on that, and I'm going to ask Randall Caldwell in just a few moments, the chairman of our finance committee, to come and, uh, when we have our business session, and we will vote on this particular budget. Um, however, there's another budget that's included in it. Um, it's called our faith budget. And let me take just a moment to explain how our faith budget works. Um, and then Mike's going to come to explain how it works. But let me, let me just give you the big picture real quick. If you can imagine um, two buckets. I don't need this, do I? I have a microphone on me. Um, I'm going to give this back to you, Mike. Uh, here are two buckets. And every Sunday morning, we, we pass the buckets. And if you have an envelope, you usually have a couple of lines on there. If you're writing a check, you can fill it out. If there's cash, you can drop it in. Now, the primary way in which we need members to participate in our giving, that's the, the, the lives that you've heard that have been impacted uh, this evening, primarily have been impacted through our general fund. Through our general fund, we also support Missions, a percentage, about 7.5%, something like that, of every dollar you give goes to the cooperative program here in Arkansas and through the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, you help support foreign missions, domestic missions, and missions here in Arkansas. Um, and so there is mission support included in that general fund. Now, most churches, and if you've been a member of another church, you know this, most churches have other offerings throughout the year that they raise money for. One of those probably you're most familiar with is the annual December offering for foreign missions, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, another one that you might be familiar with is the Annie Armstrong offering at Easter that raises money for home 
missions, for supporting work like in Washington and Wyoming and places like that. Um, we have multiple missionaries that consider Win Baptist their home. We have a church that we help start in Forest City that receives some support. We have multiple projects. Mike's going to tell you about that. We, instead of coming to you every month asking for an additional offering, we have a single offering called the Faith Offering. So there's the general fund, and we would encourage you to do your regular giving through the general fund. But throughout the year, we have the Faith Offering. And the faith offering is a way of consolidating all of our mission projects into one fund. And you can give to it all year long. And, uh, and we don't come to you with 25 different offerings. We just have one. I'm going to let Mike break that down for you. But basically, there's two areas where we give each week. And Mike, tell us about the faith offering. Well, first of all, I want to thank the, uh, because the missions committee uh, develops the faith missions offering each year and presents it to you. So I, I want to let you know kind of who's on that team and Ashley Duncan and Billy Graham, uh, Nikki Garner. I mean, Billy Graham, Billy Garner. I need to take my glasses off here. I can read now. There we go. I can see it now. Yeah, it's Garner, not Graham. Billy, you're not Graham. Uh, Billy Garner, Nikki Garner, Jerry Holbrook, Rusty McLean, Brett Miller, Rick Proctor, and Lyndall Staggs. All of those folks, as we get together and we, we think about, God, what do you want us to do with missions next year? What does that look like? Um, man, we, we get together, pray about this. Uh, we talk about it. We have some honest discussions about it. And then what comes out of that is what you're holding in this, in this handout right here. Um, it is a separate budget. If you just give to the operating, you're going to give to some missions, as Don said, as you see that in the top line of your budget. But this goes above and beyond. And if you look on the back, you'll see the breakdown of how that works. And you'll see that, that for missions here in Wynn and Cross County, uh, we have set aside uh, 5%. Now, our goal is, is $100,000 this next year. And so... If we raise that, that means we'll be able to spend $5,000 in win in the ministries in win that we support through this. You see on the back. Wait a minute. i got to move my glasses so I don't say Graham again. If you look at Arkansas and the Delta, that's our Judea. And you see the ministries there, Arkansas Missions, the Dixie Jackson that we support through the cooperative program, plus church planning assistance. That money there, all 8% of that money right now goes to help Chanson and Beverly at Fellowship Community in Forest City. So if you want to help them, give to faith. Because every dollar you give is broken down by these percentages, uh, and they get that. If we raise $100,000, guys, they're going to get 8% of that. That's $8,000 to help them do ministry in Forest City. You'll also see there in Samaria, that's North America, North America. Spokane, Washington, Pinnacle Church there, and Wind City Church with, with uh, uh, Chris Sims and Jesse uh, Weeks. Matter of fact, did y'all know Jesse was in town this last weekend? I just found that out. Dog it. Um, and what they're doing there, Wind City Church in Casper, Wyoming. And so they split that by a percentage that the missions committee has developed years ago. But can you imagine them splitting $8,000? For helping our church planners directly goes to them. 
And then you'll see 56%, 41% of every, 41 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to Lottie Moon and helping our international missionaries all across the world. And we've got several that are directly tied to Wynn Baptist Churches, the Langsons and the Bolins and um, Shackelfords that are directly tied to that. And so we get to, to help them uh, do that. We also help them with potential projects. And we've had other uh, opportunities to help some other ministries uh, with some projects that they have going on in their ministry. But guys, this doesn't happen without you giving to this ministry, to faith. Now, inside, look inside real quick. I want you to put some faces to some of those numbers that we talked about. Inside, you can see the, the missionaries and church planters that we work with and sponsor through our giving and through your giving to faith missions. And you see some prayer requests there. Listen, I know we've got the brace teams, but you may even before brace teams, you can begin praying for our missionaries. Look, in the first week, you can begin praying for our Jerusalem and Wind ministries that we work with and we partner with. The next week, you can be praying for our Judea ministries and so on and so on. And every week, you can be praying and lifting up those ministries and those needs, uh, even if you're not on one of our brace teams that supports, that prays uh, with them uh, specifically. But here's, let me tell you, $100,000 seems like a lot to me, man, because I don't think I've ever seen $100,000. Anybody seen that much? Some of you have, I guess. I don't know. But here's what I know. If I take our average attendance on a Sunday morning, and I've divided that by three, making up a family unit. Some of you are one, some of you are six. I don't know. We just take three as an average. That gives us a number of giving units per, fam per each worship service. You know, that comes to 143 giving units in attendance. If every giving unit, every family decided to give $60 a month, over and above what they give to our operating budget, you realize we, we would gather $102,000. That's it, $60, $60 a month, $13 a week or something like that, $15 a week. For some of us, that's a meal. We talked about somebody that said $60, that's one meal for family, and depends on how big your family is, because we had some that had some big families, and they said, no, we spend more than that on one meal. If we gave that up, we could cover that $60 a month. And so, I don't know what missions is worth to you. And supporting our missionaries and church and church planters and helping send people from Wynn Baptist on missions. And so, you think about that. But, guys, that's what faith is about. I'd be glad to answer any questions. You can ask any of these guys that are here that are on this team. You can ask them questions as well. So, uh, Don, uh, does anybody have any questions about faith right quick that I can answer? See, there's anybody upstairs. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mike. So Mike has explained to you a little bit about faith. You know, a plan for giving, everybody should have a plan. Uh, you know, a, a typical plan would be to, uh, to begin with a tithe. And whatever it is that you have as income, to tithe on that income to the general fund of the church is typically what we do as members of a church. And then what we would give above that tithe or above 10% of our income. So a tithe would be 10% of our income to the general fund. And an offering, you say, well, where can I invest in, in, um, in beyond the tithe? What, what can I invest in? 
you can invest in the faith ministry and hit about a dozen different ministries all at once by participating in that faith offering year-round. And uh, it includes not just mission efforts, but also includes the Gideon ministry that puts uh, Bibles uh, in institutions and uh, prisons around the country. It also supports Concepts of Truth, which is a ministry to people who have, um, it provides uh, uh, health education, sex education from a Christian perspective, from abstinence point of view, and uh, also ministers to people suffering trauma from post-abortion and who are dealing with guilt and, and that sort of thing. It's a very, very powerful ministry, one of a kind. You're a part of that when you participate in faith. So faith is a great way to invest your offerings. Well, thank you for your attentiveness. We wanted, we wanted to move you just a step closer to being cheerful when you give so that you would have a sense that when you give, you're investing in something that matters. Uh, you can buy money, spend money on a Coke. You can invest in ministry. And when you do, you know that you're changing lives. At this time, we will enter into a special call business session. Uh, we have announced it as required in our bylaws in the past couple of weeks. And I'm going to ask Randall Caldwell to come and join me on the platform. Uh, Randall is the chairman of our finance committee. Uh, we began several months ago working on this budget. And the finance committee is now coming and is prepared to present that budget, which we've been discussing tonight, to you. And because it's coming to you from a committee, uh, it's already coming to you as a motion, does not need a second. But I do want to open it up for discussion before we vote. And so do you have a question? Uh, and uh, Randall, if there's anything you would like to comment on related to this budget before we vote as well. No, I'd just like to tell you who's on that committee again, so you'll know that we do have some Hillard, David Dowd, Dr. George Connor and Jacob, Dr. Jacob Sutton and myself. Uh, and we work on this budget about uh, two months prior uh, to presenting it to you. And uh, if, like uh, the pastor said, uh, the budget for 2018 is $19,544 more than the current budget this year. And as coming from the committee, we recommend this budget be accepted by the church. We did have a Q&A session at 4.30 this afternoon. And we had several people come and pose questions, but I wonder if you have any questions before we vote. Anything you'd like to ask related to our budget? Okay then, all those in favor of approving this budget as it's been presented to us for the year 2018, please say aye. aye. And any opposed by nay? And there are none. Thank you, Brother Caldwell. And church, thank you for uh, your investment in the ministry that you're a part of as a member of this church. Um, we are going, I want us to take just a moment as we close tonight to uh, just have a word of prayer. I'd like to pray over the budget. Uh, we prayed in preparing it, but now that we've adopted it, we want to pray that um, God will use it. That God will use it. Would you pray with me? And this will be our closing prayer tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for the way that you have worked through our gifts in this current church year. I thank you for each of these individuals that shared their stories of how the giving of this church has affected their life or the lives of people they know. And Father, what a blessing it is to see how something is practical 
as dollars and cents is something that you intend to use to change lives. And so, Father, as we adopt this budget, we do so prayerfully with a sense that it's something you have led us, what you're going to do, everything we need to do your will in this place. We acknowledge tonight that without your provision, without you working in our individual homes and affecting each of our individual pocketbooks and blessing us with the things that we need as families and individuals, that we wouldn't have anything to give. And so we trust you for our personal needs. We trust you with our needs as a church. And we ask you, Almighty God, to use every penny that passes through these offering buckets for your glory and for your honor in the coming church year. May the stories grow to include so many testimonies of changed lives that all we could do is sit back and laugh with joy, with hilarity at what you did with our gifts. We love you. We thank you for hearing us. We pray, Father, as we go from this place, we would go with a sense of awe at what you're doing in our lives and in our church family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.